Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. These are magic boots. And uh, once per long rest, I can cast Zone of Truth. But for it to work, I have to kick them in the butt. The game we're going to play is called Blind Man's Bluff. As I lift up the cup, my tiny servant, Big Tooth Daddy, quickly runs under the cup. I need you to find a way to get me a one-on-one meeting with the leader of the Spotted Hand. He opens up and he takes out, you know, from behind his breast pocket, a pen. It's like the bottom half of a quill, what could only be just arcane magic. Uh, my name's my name's Nick. Uh, Nick Haraway. Join join me for a drink. Reginald, darling. Oh my goodness! I've been looking for you this whole time. Beatrice, I told you to be seen and not heard. You see rage. You see an oh shit, and you see an opportunity. So let's pick up where we left off. We're in the library at Gatsby's mansion on the second floor. And seconds ago, Penny, you just burst into the door. Sorry, I should say burst into the room through the doors um, with a very convincing persona of a drunken girlfriend, wife, uh, compatriot of Awen, And... I said that you you have an opportunity in this. We have no idea whether or not the gentlemen at the table with Awen have any clue as to what is going on. Um, the two of you did not plan this. And so let's see how this plays out. All right. So after being yep. chewed out by Reginald, um, Beatrice just starts giggling. <laughs> Oh, Reginald, you and your ways. Oh, now, let, gentlemen, I'm so sorry for interrupting. I, I, Reginald is just so protective. Can I ask, who is in charge of this little Beatrice. shindig? Reginald, let me handle this. Who's in charge of this little shindig? I, I look over at Uriah and I say, just, just a minute. Just a minute, please. Beatrice, come, come with me. Excuse, excuse my escort. And uh, I, 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 I grab Penny <laughs> by the arm and I like pull her over to like a bookshelf or, like, you know, like some, some area that's like far enough away that we're still in sight, but like we can still chat. Yeah. There is there anywhere is in this a, room we can talk and they won't hear us? There, this is a, this is a large <laughs> library. I highly doubt the acoustics are that muting where they wouldn't hear anything going on if you wanted to stay in the room. But I will say that. Because of your earlier performance with 
the dice game with uh, Blind Man's Bluff uh, that they warily sit back down, except for Uriah, who stalks off and just storms out the door. And so the remaining men who all bear the spotted hand tattoo uh, sit down and you can see that they aren't completely ignoring you, um, but they are not at least looking at you openly with suspicion. All right. As he pulls Beatrice over, uh, ouch, 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 Reginald, you don't have to manhandle me. I swear the manner's on you. As he pulls her over. Beatrice. Beatrice. I mean, I don't don't really know. Beatrice, can we... This voice is really annoying to do. Um, Listen, listen. I got a good thing going on here. And I don't know. What's your plan? I was... Well, I had one and you interrupted me and it's fine. I just need to know who's in charge in this room. Who the leader is. I'm working on my own thing. I just need to know what he looks like so I can maybe look like him too. Who is it? You... I think you can tell who the big bad is. Just... The man I was talking to and paid deferential respects to before I was the grumpy one who ran out. (sighs) No, look at that one. What did he look like again, Kate? Uh, which one are you? Uh, If you're talking about Uriah, he he did just storm out out and he's kind of like this gaunt, he ran, he ran out, man. Yeah, he was very pissed. He oh, just moments before he had like swept you know things off the table. Shoot. No, he, I thought he left right when they in were fact, pulling her over to the side. In fact, I would say, uh, Awen, could you roll perception for me? Yes. Let's do a little retcon perception to add flavor here. 22. Oh, very perceptive. Very good. You, you notice kind of, it, I'll say like your memory's jogged here, uh, that right before he swept out though, his eyes uh, met those of Lord Macbeth's, and he gave him a curt nod, almost like a mini bow, and waited for a fraction of a second until Lord Macbeth nodded back at him, and then he left, almost as if he was able to be dismissed. That is a juicy morsel. Wow. Yeah. And very helpful. Well, that's for what, what you I get for a twenty-two do. with perception. There you go. Okay. That's I, I, it's just like if, if you're ever having that, it, it's always, hey, what, what could I have perceived that might be in my memory? Yeah, yeah. Penny, I think that that one over there, um, I don't know. Do you know? You don't know their names. Uh, anyway, I'm trying to look up and see what uh, what does Macbeth look like? Um, I didn't describe yeah, what would him. Penny I, see I, when she looks over there, Kate. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Yeah, you googling let's Macbeth? Do, let's Are you do googling a little, Lord let's Macbeth? Let's do a little monster of the week here. A lot of uh, ways. What does Macbeth look like, Aaron? For sure. Um, <laughs> On the spot. Goodness. Okay. And Ma- you can't just say Scottish. Oh man. <laughs> okay. This is this is great. Macbeth is a very Please be Denzel Washington. Please very be Denzel Washington. short. And stout man with a darker complexion and like a really thin pencil mustache. Ooh, okay. I'm thinking like, what's that? What's the comedian guy who like does fluffy? What's that guy's name? 
Gabriel Fuck Iglesias? Right. You think Lord thinking... Macbeth looks like Gabriel Iglesias? All right, my, no, this is happening. Head, this is canon now. This is, oh, this is no. canon now. Macbeth I mean, it's fine. Is... I let Fluffy's great. With a pencil mustache. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is now canon, Aaron, because I, I'm, we're building this world together, my friends. So this is a I'm moment where it. I, as a DM, and, and is he wearing? Him. Is he also wearing a Hawaiian shirt? He He's a Hawaiian wearing a Hawaiian shirt. print a kilt. Hawaiian shirt, and. Uh... I'm going to say he's wearing a Hawaiian print kilt. Why? Oh, my God. Apologies to those who understand the cultural background of kilts. This one has a Hawaiian print on it. Oh, my God. Shakespeare's rolling bad. around in his grave. He smells bad. Like, the air is flowing. That's gross. Um, <laughs> please cut that out. Oh, I don't know why. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So, back to the game. Um, <laughs> Penny. Okay. Um. Do you see the one? Do you see the one over there with the dress thing? Oh, the the bright flowers all bunched up into a skirt? Yeah, yeah. Like Tommy Bahama. Um yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Tommy Bahama, cool. I get that reference totally. Sure, um all right. Pretty sure that's the leader. That's him. Amazing. Okay. That's all I needed. So I'll, uh, uh, I'll, oh, F- Reginald, fine. I'll be out of your hair so you can hang out with your nice all right. friends. All right. Um, Beatrice turns and looks at the gentleman. Reginald was such a man and all. He just put me in my place. So now I got to go. So, gentlemen, you have a wonderful night. Find me on the dance floor, so y'all. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then, um, uh, I would say Penny uh, heads out and closes the door. Um, can I ask, is there anyone in that hallway? Yes. Uh, the far end of the hallway, one of the doors that you did not explore, opens up. And you see... Oh, my God. What? Oh, you see Meyer Wolfsheim step out and kind of smoothing his uh, suit down making sure he's looking presentable and then stepping with purpose in your direction toward the library. All right. Penny immediately goes, excuse me, sir. Where do you think you're going? Uh, I'm, I'm, I meet a friend where I'm going into the library as all esteemed guests are. And he, he flaunts like the way he like waves his hand in the air in front of your face as if he's trying to surreptitiously flaunt his three marks on the hand. Mm. Oh, of course. I'm so sorry. Here's the thing. Actually, no one of interest is in there, but I do believe the leader has a meeting with someone. Would you happen to be Mr. Wolfsheim? Yeah, that, that's me. That's Wonderful. me. Wonderful. He actually sent me. He sent me to find you. I'm so grateful you're here. Actually, if you could go back to the room you're in, he is using... The, ba- the bathroom? You oh, want me to go What's back the... to the bathroom? <laughs> oh, apologies. This is a new residence. I'm still getting the whereabouts. Um, wh- uh, where Penny looks around. Is there any other room in the area she can send him into? There's two other doors. All right. If you would take the door to your left, which is not the library, right? Which one would it so, be that's not the library? There are she two doors on the left and one door on the far right that he just came out of. That was the bathroom. Um, and I'm assuming I'm standing just in front of the library. So the other door on the left is going to be not the library? There are two doors still on the left. So think of the door to the library behind you. 
Mm-hmm. And down the hallway, you'll see on the left-hand side two doors. Mm-hmm. And then on the right-hand side, you'll see the staircase opening. And then, of course, it continues up to another level. And then at the far end, the bathroom door. Got it. Um, she, oh, boy. It's just musical doors right now. So uh, she goes, if you would please head to the door at the end, um, right here on your left, Mr. Uh, the leader shall be with you very, very shortly. Within five minutes, I could say. Mr. The Mis- leader. Mr. The leader. <laughs> Pardon me, I uh, I misspoke. It's just the well, leader. Um, if don't you I, say Mister the leader to him, it shall not go well. Who who are you? I'm Anyways, his secretary. I'm supposed to meet my my buddy Fagin in here. He's Fagan. my new uh, best friend. Is Fagin in friend? there? Congratulations, yeah, best friend. Wonderful. No, I am his social secretary, Margaret. Lovely to meet you. Um, I cannot speak for a Fagan. There are many interesting characters wandering this party, though. If I see a Mr. Fagan, I'll send him that way. But I do know a certain man with a very distinguished uh, look to him um, did just speak to the leader, and that is when I learned of your meeting. So if you would please step to the end of the hallway to the room on your left, the leader shall meet you there very soon. Roll persuasion for me. So good. I'm just, so, so. Kimmy pulling out the accents. That's true. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we haven't done any this entire time, so this is the only time I'm going to do some. <laughs> she does them in short stints. <laughs> exactly. And they're bad. They're so bad. I like Fagan. Fagan's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean my Roy Kent? Great. Yes. Okay, great. Um, all right. Pers- uh, persuasion we're doing, right? 14. He looks very unsure. But after darting a glance behind you at that now closed door, he looks back at you. All right, I'll, I'll go back there, but I'm not waiting any more than five minutes because I told my best friend Fagin I was going to meet him in the room and he's my ticket in. Okay, so five minutes. That's what you get. The length of a good poop. And he turns around and he heads back towards that door. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Um, the moment that door closes, Penny runs. Uh, is there anyone else in this hallway once he leaves and goes into that door? Uh, you can roll perception for me to see what you're able to notice. Well, that's not going to be any good. Uh, eight. So no. Um, she's going to run into the bathroom and do a stall really quickly in the men's bathroom. She's going to go really fast, so it, hopefully it, no one you, notices. Yeah, it's a, well, you go in, and, and actually you'll notice it branches off. It's a very large, ornate bathroom. And so it, it's one of those where it's accommodating to anyone and everyone. Um, but there's, there's plenty of little alcoves. and Great. She's yeah. going to sneak into an alcove or a closed door, and she is going to quickly change into what she has seen as leader, which is basically Gabriel Iglesias. Um, okay. uh, so she's change. She... Obviously, does not have the correct clothing, so she's just going to keep wearing... She's going to change into the Fagin suit again and just... I, I just... I can't think of what else she could do, so it's what we're going to do. All right. All right. And then she's going to dart out and then immediately head into the door she just saw um, our friend Meyer Wolfsheim head into. Excellent. Uh, let's continue on with you. Let's press into that a little bit more. So you open Great, the door cool. and, and you see... You see Wolsheim is um, bent over a small, I guess you could say just secretary table um, that's off to the side, um, as if he was trying to rifle through 
the contents of said table, and as soon as you enter, he quickly shuts it and stands up a little straighter. Oh, uh, uh, are you, gosh, I are... <laughs> can't believe it's, <laughs> wow, uh, big fan, big fan, um, man, sorry, <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, did not expect I'd actually get to meet you in person tonight, uh, my lord, <laughs> please, uh, make yourself comfortable. And you can see, like, he is just sweating. Um, Penny, as Mr. Leader, just, just, like, nods her head slightly and then takes a seat, doesn't say anything. Kimmy, Kimmy, you just, you just said Mr. Leader in your voice. Do you remember the name of the leader? I mean, it's Lord Macbeth. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah, that would no, be no, no, wonderful no. if Kimmy the player, too, had forgotten. And she's yeah, like, no, let's that just play really this great. out as long as do we, possible. Do we know, does either of them know what... But I don't, Lord but Macbeth sounds like. Me. Does anyone know what Lord Macbeth sounds like? Has he spoken? He has not. He has not spoken yet. Um, I would say that Meyer Wolfshine would know what he looks like. He's never talked to him. Okay. But Penny doesn't know this or not. So yeah. No. Oh Penny, goody! What what accent is this going to be? Penny just sits down and then sort of displays her hand as like a. Like a please speak, like you know, just sort of like points at him to say, um, after you, uh, inviting Meyer Wolfshine to say his piece. Yeah, he remains standing, uh, and he he's he's like, wow, um, okay. So, uh, I I don't know if if did Fagin, Fagin must have. I, I don't know, uh, but th- thank you, thank you so much for meeting me. Um, here here's my pitch. And he steeples his hands in, in front of him. Um, and Mr. Leader slash Lord Macbeth just nods uh, graciously. I understand that people are looking for a business connection. And I can make this happen. Especially since, well, not for everybody. Don't, don't worry about that. But there, there, is, there is trickling about the possibility that you might need a new head of research and development. Uh, Someone to lead up figuring out what to do with a certain piece of paper you have at the villa. Mr. Leader confidently just like nods knowingly because he totally knows about this paper at the villa and just like uses hand to say continue. So... <clears throat> I was going to put myself out there. So I have, I have this prototype for a special pen. And I have part of the prototype on me. And he like opens up the lapel of his jacket. Um, the same area that you had seen earlier that he pulled out the first half of the pen. I have on my person the prototype of a pen that we can use on this parchment that I think... I've been writing back and forth with Fagin. He's, he's been a pretty cool pen pal, and he seems like a pretty cool pal, if you know what I mean. But um, anyways, it's amazing what a, what a lot of pumpkin spice lattes will get you into. And uh, <clears throat> I think, anyways, that I have the next step in unlocking the secrets of said parchment. Mm. Uh, Mr. Leader, Lord Macbeth, nods intrigued and then just holds out the hand to see asking to see the prototype 
oh, <laughs> um, uh, my, my lord, I, I only have uh, half of it, and um, I, I, I don't want to, I, I need to get the other half back. Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of like a Fagin and I are, are you know, working this dynamic duo, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the Batman, he's the Robin. <laughs> uh, I'm the leader, he's the, he's the assistant, and uh, so, um, anyways, uh, I'd have to, I'm missing a few components, if you know what I mean. And so what I'm, I'm hoping is I, I could do the job. <laughs> um, Lord Macbeth just holds the ha- keeps the hand out unblinkingly, wanting to see whatever bit of the prototype there is. Doesn't move, doesn't blink. All I'm right. sorry I'm making okay. this so hard on you, Kate, but you're doing a great job. No, you're job. not. You're not. It's, it's okay. I, I'm looking at you <laughs> on Zoom right now, and I just see your palm extended to me, too. I love <laughs> that we're acting it out here. Uh, <laughs> roll performance for me. It'd be nice if I got good, you know, rolls. Nine. Not a single good roll tonight. And he, you know, his hand that had been inching towards that inner pocket kind of pauses. And he looks at you and he says, my lord, usually you, <laughs> you aren't so willing and open to, to accept things like this. And usually you have a lot to say. I, if, you, if you don't mind me asking and, and feel free to tell me that I've overstepped, but gotta double check. Can you tell me the passcode? Fuck me. Oh, shit. Um, Mr. Uh-oh. Leader. Uh oh. You got to knock him out. Fuck him up, <laughs> Mr. Leader. Fuck him up and steal the pen. Change back. You're good. You're Gucci. Now let's see. Let's see what she does. <laughs> oh. Mr. Leader slowly rolls the hand back. Slowly stands up. Turns takes the chair he had been sitting at and then throws it against the wall and okay. says, I am a man of few words and I have nothing to prove to you and then storms out of the room and then immediately stops and uh, storms out, um, stops in the hallway and immediately changes back into Penny as quickly as possible. And then is going to wait a beat and see what happens. Oh, guys. I, this is like chess, but hard. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you, like, she's like, so the door's there. She's next to the door, like pushed against, like, like kind of like against the wall right next to the door waiting to see what happens. Okay. Yeah. You, you wait one moment, two moments, three moments. And then the door slowly creaks open. And Meyer Wolfsheim walks out almost as if in a daze, like he's trying to figure out what the hell just happened. And when he catches sight of you, he furrows his eyebrows in confusion. What are you? Okay, I I know I didn't drink that much, but what are you doing with that face but those clothes? I she changed she switched back into the other clothes mm-hmm. I thought let's go back to the library while you figure out what you're gonna do in this situation <laughs> dang I thought I switched my clothes 
All right, Awen or Reginald, I should say. Yes. Hmm. Yes? So she, Penny just left, and you turn back around to this table of men. And what do you do? Excuse me, gentlemen. I'm sorry for the interruption. Can never. Hmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Improv is hard, guys. That's just well. That's just what I'm gonna say. Why is this the most improv we've done yet? Is it because we have to? We can't just because we fight? don't know what the hell <laughs> yeah. we're doing. Yeah, it's not just usually. Like a it's like you you out. improv improv and it's well, like, and fight. we're in here. We're hung by ourselves. Usually yeah. we have one the one one other was gonna like help kind of swing in and help us. Yeah, it's yeah. Hard. here it's yeah. kind of like you're stuck. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me, gentlemen. If she wasn't so good at tying knots and other things, then I wouldn't. Keep her around, the noisy woman. And the men all kind of uh, continue to look at you, but then... Wait, you, hold on a second. Is an audience going to like know what you mean? Like, t- fucking tying knots. It doesn't what have to be. It's it random. Matter. It's, it's random. Okay, okay, is it random okay. or is it sexual? It's it definitely sexual. Oh, it's definitely. It could be sexual. Tying knots and Or they things? could go yeah, sailing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> yeah I, heard it, I heard it sexual, but then I was like, am I crazy? Because I was thinking like cherry stuff. Oh, you know what that means. No pink shaming here. There's a pause uh, of silence, and then you see the three, re- three of the four remaining men kind of turn towards Lord Macbeth, who nods in assent. Mm. I only know too well what women can do. Shall we walk, uh, Reginald? Indeed. <laughs> oh, oh my God! I thought Myra Wolfshine, whatever, and, and Fagin's voice oh, couldn't be oh, better, it's, but it's this so is going to be the ultimate battle of voices. <laughs> Dueling Kermits. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, I'm just doing mirroring tonight. It's really fun. Okay. <laughs> Chug that liquid. This is this is Lord Macbeth. This is Lord Macbeth. Macbeth. <laughs> uh, Kermit the hey, Frog. Hey, I cannot here. do Scottish, so no, I went this way. No, I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, my lady duck. Oh God! <laughs> Start again. Sorry, sorry. I usually would. If I was in the other room, I'd be laughing and hiding. But here, I'm right next to you. You know, my lady back home. Sometimes it's it's a it's a battle of wheels, but battle of she wheels? actually runs the show. <laughs> wheels. Oh, he said wheels too. Oh, I, like, I mean, I what? knew it was wheels. Wheels. Was like, what does that funny mean? that it sounded it like so wheels. Good. It was so wheels. Good. There okay. we go. <laughs> Sometimes it's a ba- God. Sometimes it's a battle of wheels. I totally understand. <laughs> I need to walk away. I need to walk away right now. Okay, okay, I can do it. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna close my, my, close my eyes. I'm gonna close my Thank eyes. Thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> y'all are both in your voices, basically having a "bitches be crazy" kind of conversation. <laughs> That's basically what y'all are doing. Women, am I right? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm crying. All right, sorry. I'll close. I'll put my head down. Okay. He rises slowly from his seat and he he comes around the table, claps his hands behind his back. 
you know, that was some stunt you pulled back there. Hmm. You mean the game? Mm Mm-hmm. And he stoops down. (laughs) I gotta walk away. (laughs) You've all made such strong choices to get us to here. (laughs) And he stoops down and plucking something from from your feet. He stands back up and you see clasped between his pointer finger and his, his index finger and his thumb. He's holding Big Tooth Daddy. Ooh, ooh. What do you have there? That's the very thing that you were trying to hide. Hmm. What makes you believe Perhaps that? Perhaps you thought that you were being sly, but some of us didn't get as far as we did without being... Without being so observant. Hmm. I guess you would be the most observant, wouldn't you? Hmm. Fair, fair. What is this? <laughs> and he, he, he hasn't given it back to you. He's still like turning it around um, and looking at it in, a, in what you could say in a possessive manner. Hmm. Maybe we can step outside, away from other ears, if you know what I mean. Let's not step outside. Let's step inside. And he turns toward a small side door and gestures toward it. And he leads you forward. At least he goes forward. You can choose to follow him or not. I'm I'm not going to tell you what you're doing. Uh, But he gets to the door and he raps on it twice. And the door opens and you see that a guard has been posted on the inside. Join me, won't you, Reginald? And he goes inside. A pleasure. And I also walk inside. The guard steps outside the door, closes it, and then you can hear him kind of shift into place on the outside of this small office door. And you are now in a side office at, in Gatsby's library. Awesome. So tell me, Reginald, I, I have not heard of you, but as the spotted hand continues to grow... There are many under us that I do not know. You said you had questions. What are they? Well, look, I'll be frank. I think I appreciate what this organization is trying to do. But there are a lot of inefficiencies. There are a lot of... There's a lot of bloat, if you know what I mean. Just being blunt, can I be blunt? Sure. Go ahead, be blunt. Well, I'll let you know if I, uh, my, I'm not happy with the words you use. My mother always told me, you never bring someone a dead cat, you bring them a shovel. Do you understand what I'm saying? If there's a dead cat in your yard, you don't go and tell someone that there's a dead cat. You tell someone there's a dead cat and you say, here's my shovel. Or, if you're going to do something good, you just get rid of the cat. And you let them know that you got rid of the cat. You understand? Is this making sense? So, what you shovel? Well, I think we have a lot of issues with the supply chain. Oh? If we're leading up to something grand, I don't know what that is. I guess... 
I have a very specific set of skills honed over years. Skills that allow me to provide efficiencies into supply chains and into organizational hierarchies. Now, I can provide that to you, but I don't understand the goals of our organization. See, I've worked for little small bosses, petty, petty men. But recently, I think that I've come to understand at least a small section of the regional perspective of our organization. And I would love to help, but I think I can do more. If you just give me a chance. Aaron, roll performance. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's a minus one. <laughs> that's an 11. DC was 10 for this first one, so that's fine. Okay. So, the, so what I'm going to be doing with you in this kind of like interview with uh, Lord Macbeth um, to see what exactly you learn during it, um, how well you do during it, is there will be a series of performances and... The DC is going to get harder and harder each time. So the first one was 10. So you passed it. Uh, he, he seems satisfied with, with what you're proposing. I've told my lovely wife this problem many, many times. We've seen that there was the outbreak at Monte Cristo. Mm -hmm. The Countess is dead. The Count is missing. We have no idea where he's at. Our shipment of arms has been disrupted. I can tell you that the Lady Macbeth is not happy. <laughs> so we are looking for some possibility of tightening up that ship and uh, figuring out what needs to be thrown out and what needs to be added. What would you suggest? Well, a firm and strict project management scoping session is a must. Strict timelines and deliverables must. Accounting and accountability a must. And at the end of the day, you want to make sure these puppies are working for you. And I, I, I like pick up my foot uh, and I like look down at my shoe. And I, are we like, where are we, where are we standing? Like, how close are we standing? You're, you're standing maybe a foot apart. I mean, you're very close. Uh, not because this is close quarters or anything. I mean, this is a, a nice office. Uh, right. But the Perfect. two of you are, have been talking in a little bit more of hushed tones. Um, so you're, 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 you're just out, outside of the range of, of comfort. You know, kind of that, that very American one and a half feet of space in between you. Okay. Um, as I'm pulling up my boot to kind of point at, I feign as if I'm falling over and I fall. And as I'm falling down, I kick my foot up and try to hit him in his ass with my boots of truth, which casts okay. zone of truth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are they aware that it's been cast when it happens? Like, are they aware that they aren't able to like lie? I, I can't remember what that. Uh, you looks get like. a magical you, it, zone that guards against deception uh, in a fifteen foot radius until the spell ends. Uh, 
for the uh, a creature that starts its turn must make a charisma saving throw. On a failed save, the creature can't speak a deliberate lie while in the radius. You know whether creature okay. Uh, I I would think they would know it. Yeah, I would think that they would know that the uh, they're that, struck with liar liar syndrome. Yeah, that maybe they wouldn't know how or why with these boots because you know you're not like verbally casting at them you're not audibly you're not visually doing it other than kicking them in the butt um but if you can feign an accident all all they would know all in this case Macbeth would know is that he for some reason feels this um compulsion to tell the truth in a way that he is physically unable to lie as well okay so let's see if this even lands okay uh you said that you want to fake falling so i'm gonna have you roll performance for that okay to see if it's uh believable <laughs> and then next you can choose acrobatics you can choose athletics uh it's you can even do performance again if you want but we'll see if that kick lands on his tushy okay great um as i fall to hit the ground i guess i need to do the performance to hit the ground first i'd like to as i hit the ground um, because there's a vocal component to this spell, cast um, enhance ability. So kind of like, mm-hmm. um, like as I fall, kind of like a grunt, but like you know, mm-hmm. kind of like cast the spell. Does that make? Does that yeah. will that work? Yeah, that does. That's believable. Okay, great. Um, so this is uh, performance. It's a fifteen. Yep, that'll do. Real awesome. quick, Aaron, if you if you remember, you you cast enhance ability on yourself last game, last session, yes. for dexterity. So can you only have one at a time? So are you getting rid of dexterity if you put something else upon yourself? It's a spell that that you use that is like a concentration type thing. So, uh, so that's done. it's done. Yeah, I have I've like used that spell slot, and then I'll like burn another spell slot to. Oh, okay, because yeah. you have it for an. An hour, it looks like, and if you needed a roll dexterity, but if you want to do something else, just yeah. cool. Just want to make sure you. Know. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good point. Um, mm-hmm. I was gonna say, okay, I was gonna say before you rolled the dexterity, it's like, oh, remember that you have advantage on that for the roll she's gonna make you do. That's a good point. Um, but you I, can't, yeah, you can't double up. Well, I was gonna use it. Okay, well, I'm not trying to fuck up what you're trying to. No, do. No, 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 that's totally fine. Just to remind uh, you in case. That's a twenty-one for acrobatics. Hell yeah. Yeah, you're able to, uh, so you're able to fake this. You do that. You, you're able to fake this in such a way that it's believable that you are uh, falling. And you do it in such a way that it makes him somehow look behind him. <laughs> like as if like something were thrown at you or I, I don't know how you would play this, but he turns around in such a way because you your performance made him believe in it that his tush is now presented to you <laughs> as you're falling your foot your boot especially makes connection and zone of truth has now been cast so uh since he's unaware of this happening i'm going to have him roll charisma but with uh disadvantage okay and i think it's a 13 save 13 save okay three 18. So I took the lower of the two. Awesome. And yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So zone of truth has been cast. Right. And you see him like as he's been kicked, he, he stumbles forward and, and braces himself on the ornate wooden desk. 
Uh, and as he straightens up and rubbing his, his bum, he, he looks around. What the hell was that? Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Hey guys, it's me, Kate, your master teacher, and I'm here at the break to say I am first so happy you're here and listening. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and listening to us on your drive or at work or even going for a walk. We're happy you're here. You are the lifeblood of this and we would not be doing this without you. Second, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us through email. Our email is omamemshow at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter. Our handle is at omamemshow. And we'd love to hear from you with uh, ideas, with theories, even just to say hey. And lastly, before I leave here, because I'm going to let you get back to the show right now, but before I leave, I also invite you to leave us a rating and review. So if you go onto a platform like Apple Podcast, you can just take a few seconds not even a full minute and drop a few lines saying why you like this show and why others should listen to that would mean the world to us all right so with that said thank you for being here we love you so much and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day or evening and with that let's get back to the show Bertram, spend a little bit of time with you. Your compatriots are having fun upstairs in their own ways, getting into some shenanigans, unbeknownst to you. Uh, and you have just exited the dining hall uh, where you were having the drinking game with Nick Carraway. So Bertram, you have exited the dining hall and you're making your way upstairs. And by now you've taken two finger bowls of champagne and the scene changes before your eyes into something significant, elemental, and profound. And so you look around and you notice down back in the foyer that you just passed, most of the women are now having fights with men said to be their husbands. One of the men nearby is talking with curious intensity to a young lady who you overheard was an actress. And his wife, after attempting to laugh at the situation in a dignified and indifferent way, breaks down entirely and resorts to flank attacks. At intervals, she appears suddenly at his side like an angry diamond, and you hear her hissing, You promised! into his ear. But perhaps you have more important things to do than just eavesdrop on this scene. So you carry on. Where are you headed, Bertram? Yeah, I'm... Definitely soaking in the party as I'm kind of walking around, definitely feeling good. I don't think I've ever like felt like a buzz before because I assumed that yeah, I had no effect on me, certainly being a Warforged. So I think uh, feeling good, probably catching my reflection in some mirrors and looking at myself a little too long and maybe laughing at my own reflection as people who are new to drinking tend to do because they're caught up on how... There's giggly, a little giggly maybe. And as I'm kind of, I think I'm just kind of kind of winding and swerving my way, not like drunkenly, but kind of meandering throughout the party, but trying to make my way up to the library. 
um, because I think I was on the first floor for the dining room, but the but the library I was told was on the second floor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm just kind of drifting that way. Yeah, as you you make your way up this ornate staircase, you make it to the second landing, and you notice that it winds around towards the back to an open veranda of the courtyard overlooking the water, and you hear music and uh, fake what sound like just blasts of 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 gunshots going through there uh misfiring spells um laughing and chortling clinking of of champagne glasses with one another um and then turning in towards the hall you see on one far end uh, a double set of wooden doors and then as the hall extends the opposite direction you see two doors and then one on the far opposite end as well. As you go up there, you see a large swarthy man wearing what you thought was what Penny was wearing earlier. Interesting. Enter into one of the doors, and it shuts behind him. Oh, and you also notice that the stairs keep going upwards if you so choose. So there are many doors to explore on the second floor, or you can carry on to another floor. So what am I seeing? The, the scene that played out earlier, like backwards in time, like when it was. You see Penny going into the. Dressed the as Lord Macbeth. I guess I, Bertram wouldn't know that, but I'm saying like for the. Yes, so she know, looks like Lord happening. Macbeth, but okay. dressed in Fagin's clothes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would kind of see that. Note it, but I guess I don't know exactly what's happening. Maybe I chalk it up to maybe the chalk it up to the buzz. Being like, I'm maybe just misremembering something. And I start going down the hallway, just trying to perk up my ears to see if, in, if I hear anything of importance, if I hear any commotion or any kind of loud, important conversations. I'm trying to let like my ears kind of lead me in the direction, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if that's like perception I would say, yeah, perception would do do well here. Six. So if you carry on down the hallway, you pass by the the double ornate doors of the library, and you don't hear too much there. And then you pass by the next set of doors, and you hear just music thumping from inside at uh, just a deep resonant bass. Um, that tells you <laughs> this is a, a dance hall and lots of chatter beyond. Uh, the next door that if you were to pass by that, you would hear the gruff voice of a man talking about some kind of prototype, um, but no answer beyond that. And as you start to make your way around to that last door, a figure steps out from that and you hear the flushing of, <laughs> of a toilet behind him. And you notice that it is the, the tall, not as tall as you, though, um, high elven butler from earlier. Ah, yes. I've been actually looking for you for my master. And you, it, it, in fact, you, can you roll a perception for me one more time? It's not my strong suit, especially with the champagne having gone straight to my head. So that's another six. Okay. The one thing you do notice in this is that you're able to register that he is speaking to you 
in Elvish. Oh, I speak that. Mm-hmm. And so he continues. I've been asked to come find you. I beg your pardon, but Mr. Gatsby would like to speak to you. Oh. Alone. Perfect, because I would love to speak to him. Very well. Follow me. And he sniffs in disdain, turns around, and heads up. And uh, by the way, he's speaking to you in Elvish. How did you respond? What language did you use to respond to him? Elvish. Okay. So this is just like... Is, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Elvish kind of like a higher kind of language? Is it something... Is it almost kind of like makes you sound kind of or makes you look more intelligent perhaps if you know how to speak this higher language <laughs> kind of like how some americans look at the 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 british <laughs> accent and they're like it sounds so so fabulous or if you're at a, a snobby party and people just start speaking french to each other it's like oh i speak french and oh you can speak french like oh we can speak multiple languages aren't we like fancy and educated the way i see it is this man who is a high elf so he's not a man he's he's an elf um as a high elf and he's only speaking in elvish to you right now and just how his demeanor and how he's carrying himself yeah it's like he doesn't want to lower himself to using common right and i think bertram is aware of that i think he's He's played this kind of snob snobbery kind of games before. He kind of grew up in it. And so I think he doesn't skip a beat and he tries to, maybe he saw it as, as, a, as like a slight against him, almost like a, a test to see if he could speak this language. And he doesn't skip a beat to jump at the opportunity to speak it back in turn. Mm-hmm. So he heads up the staircase. I follow. Excellent. Turning up the staircase, he, he goes down a bit, and then he stops at another set of double doors at the far end. So it would be just, if we're looking at like a floor plan, it would be immediately above the library. And so he stops at this set of double wooden doors, carved ornately with beautiful flowers and vines. Um, and you see, if you look closely, the, the flowers are, are daisies specifically. And opening the door slowly, he's inside and he'll see you. After you. I'll take it from here. Thank you very much. And I think I step inside and I shut the door on on the butler. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you you shut the door on him. You do that and (laughs) you just see this disdain in his face as the door just closes on it. And I turn back into the room and yeah, I just, I, I soak the room in every, every detail and, and immediately looking for Mr. J. Gatsby. For as ornate and, and beautiful and majestic as this mansion is, it is a very simple room, classy and simple. You see before you a, a large bed in the middle of one wall, a simple desk at the far ends, leading into what could be another small room. It could be a closet, it could be an office, you're not quite sure. Um, and then you see another, opposite the, the large bed, a double set of French doors opening out onto a balcony. The wind blows in very softly from outside, wisping in and out pieces of the gauze-like curtain and then you see a figure standing on the balcony, looking out. 
And it's almost as if he hasn't noticed you and he seems very content to be alone. Mm. Kind of one of those postures where it looks very relaxed and, and not really alert to those around them. And really, truly in a manner as if he does not know that he has been accompanied by anybody. You see him take one of his hands out of his pocket and reach out towards what it looks like the darkness. And that hand, as it reaches out, trembles a bit. Do I notice if the hand has a spot on it? I don't. You're not close enough. Not close enough for that. that. Okay. As I make my way there, trying to be kind of quiet, not like I'm trying to sneak up and scare him, but as I'm making my way there, I'm certainly glancing at his desk and his room to see if there's any kind of notes, any correspondence, any kind of documentation of anything that could be interesting. Do you care if, are you sneaking as you do this or are you just, uh, how, how are you going about? I don't think I'm like sneaking like a burglar trying to get by, but I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm like walking like anybody would, but I'm not, I'm not trying to make a big noise of it. As I'm walking, my eyes are just drifting around as I'm kind of lazily walking in his direction. So that if, he, if he saw me, it would just look like I'm walking towards him. Um... But taking the opportunity of him, of not being found yet, to certainly glance around. Got it. Then for this, uh, I would say just roll a perception oh, as man. you pass by. <laughs> as you pass by the desk. There we go. That's 17. Yeah, that, that's a good roll. <laughs> so as you pass by the desk, you notice that there, there are a couple stacks of paper on there. And one of them is a kind of like a booklet um, and part of it has been blown open by the breeze and you see pictures of what you now know is is Daisy uh, and uh, her in, in at different times some of them she looks as if she is now you know this age some of them a little bit younger um, with some handwritten letters attached in there so in, in essence it's a it's a scrapbook um, and then the other stack of pages are look like schematics, uh, schematics of trade, schematics of, of um, shipments. And then below that, it looks like a potential blueprint of something. But other than that, you're not able to catch anything more as you pass by unless you wanted to actually stop and rifle through the contents of, of the top of his desk. Debating whether I want to do that or not. Hold on a second. Uh, I don't want to fuck it up. I think I'll just I'll I'll, I'll walk by and I'll just um if I if I can't gather anything I don't want to blow an opportunity to talk to him and maybe get information from him in a I don't know maybe easier way potentially but besides screwing it up because if he catches me doing this like it's over and he's not going to talk to me so I'll just keep walking out and pushing the kind of silk curtains aside mm-hmm. and I'll kind of walk up behind him and say, do you always make it a habit of hiding from your own parties? Startled, he draws his hand back, puts it back into his pocket and he turns around and you see before you, a uh, nothing too flashy. He's a half elf stands about six feet. He indeed is wearing a white suit, silver shirt, and gold tie. And he's still standing partly in shadow that is obscuring his entire face except for 
what you see is a gleaming white smile. It, it's and and it's concentrated on you. It's it's one of those it's one of those rare smiles with a quality of eternal reassurance in it that you may come across four or five times in life. It faces or it seems to face the whole eternal world for an instant and then concentrates on you with an irresistible prejudice in your favor. This smile, it, it understands you just so far as you want to be understood. It, it believes in you as you would like to believe in yourself and assures you that it has precisely the impression of you that at your best you hope to convey. And he kind of chuckles to himself. <laughs> well, I was bored. I, I'm not a big party man myself, but I throw these for a purpose. Well, for not being a party man, you throw one hell of a party. And I walk towards him and I extend my hand and say, My name is uh, Wells, George Wells. You're a hard man to find, Mr. Gatsby. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not found unless I, I want to be found, <laughs> old sport. Uh, does he shake my hand? He does. He, he can reaches I, his hand out. Can I clock to see if there's a red mark on his wrist? You see no red marks. Okay. But he does, he offers his hand to shake it. And after I shake it, I think I move to beside him against like the railing of this balcony. What am I looking out over? Am I looking out over the green light again? Yeah, so you're looking at the, you're looking in the direction that you saw earlier, just a more complete view. So down below, directly down below you, so is the, the courtyard with, with all the revelry going on. And then stretching out a bit more, you see that dock with the green lights and then the ocean expanse beyond that i pull out i I just i i take in the beautiful view and um hmm. you certainly are a mystery in every sense of the word i I admit I want to know more about you, and I know my readers want to know more about you as well. Do you mind? And I pull out my pen and my notebook and say, do you mind if I ask you a few questions about your miraculous rags-to-riches story? Well, your, your readers, I... Here I thought I was the one going to interview you, and you're here to interview me. Well, old sport, I... I can tell you God's truth, and he holds his hand up almost in a sign of benediction, and you see on that hand, um, on his thumb, he wears a ring uh, with the symbol of a dolphin, and then on the index finger, he also wears a golden ring with a flower-like symbol on it, and then on his left pinky finger, you see another signet ring. Uh, but in fact, if you, if you want, you can, if you want to know more about those things, you can always mm-hmm. do checks on them. Uh, but... You don't see any dots. You don't see anything that has linked you to anybody that you've met so far with regards to the spotted hand. But he continues on. Once again, I tell, I'll, I'll tell you guys truth about me, old sport, but first I got to ask, uh, what is a warforge doing at, at, at this party? Especially one dressed as yourself. I must say, I, I was wearing my silver shirt and gold tie, but... This whole gold getup catches the eye, especially when you're, what are you, seven feet tall? Seven feet exactly. Good eye, good eye. Yes, I mean, I received uh, an invitation, and 
I thought I would jump at the opportunity to try. I'm always looking for the best stories, the best. Like I said, I'm a writer and I'm always trying to write about interesting people. And I can't think of anyone more interesting than yourself. I mean, just seeing you here for five seconds, I'm pretty sure I could write a whole opening page on just that smile of yours. He flashes the smile <laughs> very warmly at you, and you can you can tell it it is a genuine smile um, that, that looks at you favorably. And in fact, you can see nothing sinister about him so far. Perhaps the fact that he's not acting like anybody else that you see at this party. He's not drinking. He's not carousing. He's not acting slovenly, and it helps to set him off from his guests. For it seems to you that he grows almost more correct as the fraternal hilarity that you overhear below increases. Uh, kind of going off the question of what he asked me about why I'm here in a war forge looking the way I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think that I would fit in with the rest of your uh, invitees this evening. There's a colorful sort of people here. I've had the pleasure and displeasure of meeting a few. Um... I got to meet your friend Daisy, and uh, Nick Carraway, I believe was his name. Mm. Fellow can't hold his liquor, I'll tell you that much. Oh, Nick. <laughs> yeah, that boy's been getting worse uh, week by week. I swear, he's been here, and it's almost like every time I see him, he gets drunker and drunker. But y- you said you, uh, you said to talk to Daisy, huh? Yes, I was, we had a pleasant conversation about you and your parties, and I have to say, we're actually in agreement that we're a bit concerned for you, Mr. Gatsby. Concerned? How so? Well, do you always invite murderers and thieves to your parties? Who do you know that's here that is, uh... A murderer and a thief, as you say. I mean, there's many here who've made their money in ways that are not the most sensational, not the most straightforward. I mean, I'm, I'm a writer, sir, I, I, but I also read. And there are whispers and rumors out there about the kinds of people who have red spots on their hands. And I see plenty of them downstairs, sir. His eyes kind of darken when you say that. And he... Do you know what sorts of people they are? The people with the spots in their hands, eh? I'm afraid I'm learning that more and more. I see you don't have any spots on your hand, though. No, sir, I do not. And I notice the same of you. Thank God for that much. Hmm. I'm working with them as I work with many, and this is... How I get my vast wealth. It's uh, not the most honest of means, as it were. You see, that's why uh, seeing you interested me so much. Uh, You say you got an invitation, and I don't believe that for one instant. There is an overwhelming prejudice against Warforged. Anything that is built, not made naturally, as people could say. Uh, In a way that it's... Really unfortunate how, how, how much is standing against you. And I can bet that for you to wear what you're wearing and having the job that you say you have, you're having to claw your way to the top. And, well, I understand that a lot. I respect it and admire it. 
So even if you're not here on purpose and you kind of had to fool your way in, the fact that you are here in this party, I'm fine with you staying. I just wanted to know more about that. Stand out like a sore thumb, as it were. Yes. Yes, I will admit that. And uh, yes, I would think of all people you would understand the idea of the man makes himself and can make himself into into whatever he wants to be. Can he, though? I'm asking myself that more and more. I got involved with those chaps down below. This, what do they call themselves now? A spotted hand? My sales associate, Wilsheim, he uh, connected us. Yes, what, what sort of... And this can be off the record, certainly, if you don't want to divulge to my readers, but... What, what are you doing to help them, sir? Off the record, you say, old sport. And I, I put my pen and, and book away. Roll performance for me. 22. Yes. Yeah, you see him relax a bit. All right, off the record. All right, off the record. I tell people I'm a self-made man, and through hard work and pulling myself up by my bootstraps, and I came into my money, honestly. But the truth is... How things are going more and more, if you really want to make it up the ranks, money-wise, you can't really do it honestly anymore. So I specialize in procuring items that are not the most legal, not the most known, not the most available. And so they approached me to find something for them. And also to help fund some of their research in exchange for uh, climbing up the social ladder. And I'll admit, it seemed like a simple, straightforward thing. If I wanted to be at the level of society and gain the right clout, impress the right people so that I could impress the right person. You see his eyes kind of fog up a bit. But then they clear, almost like he's shaking his head out of this. If I wanted to impress the right person, I needed to uh, help them. And so I've, I started pretty simply and, and set up this party for them to have a meeting. Made a safe haven for them to uh, store some things since apparently something got disrupted for them in their storage and uh, trafficked some uh, arms for them, wheeled some deals and... Seemed like it was just clean cut, but it, I don't know, things, things are getting more and more out of hand, and they keep asking for more. I'm not sure if I can get out of it. Yes, these sorts of people are that way. They want more and more until they've bled every drop of blood from you, and then what good are you to them? You talked about wanting to impress someone. Would that perchance be uh, the young Miss Daisy downstairs? I'm that obvious, aren't I? Well, maybe. And maybe I've had a one too many drinks myself. Forgive my tongue if I'm so bold. It's forgivable, old sport. I... Some people tell me, Nick's always telling me this too, but the drunk bastard is also spouting off that he's the Queen of England, and I don't know where the hell England is or what it is, but hey. Uh, anyways. They keep telling me that, to leave it in the past. What we had is done. There's no way to get her back. No way to win her over. And 
Here they are, the spotted hand promising me the chance to repeat the past. Almost as if it's something that they could control. Something that if they got what they wanted, they could rewrite history, they said. Hmm. There's a chance to repeat the past. Well, it was a weak moment. I want to. I believe that Daisy cares a great deal about you, sir. And as I said, is worried about you. You you said that you... You've gotten yourself stuck with maybe on the wrong side. Or maybe the right side is the wrong side with the spotted hand. Do you regret that? Do you wish you could rewrite that and get yourself out of this mess? I don't know. I... Part of me wishes I could just disentangle myself from them, but I don't know. I don't despise myself, even though it's not turning out as I had imagined. I had intended to take what I could and go out of this, you know, business relationship with him, but... Yeah, I find myself now I've committed myself to the following of what it seems like a grail. I, uh... Look, I know. it. Daisy, she's, she's an extraordinary girl, and I just didn't realize... Just how deep in I was. What if I told you there was a way you could get out? Then I'd tell you I'm listening. Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's the last days of summer, 1920. Do you know where your children are? They should be playing outside. Come on, Chelsea. Mima says we're not allowed to go to this house. We're not even supposed to be on this side of town. Doing their chores. Why aren't these chicken coops clean? Please, Father. I'll be good. I'll... <laughs> ah! Oh, God! Obeying their parents. You look me right in the eyes and tell me you didn't steal this bike. Ma, no, I've been helping Mr. Diamond, all right? Lord, don't tell me my son is working at a speakeasy. Exploring their feelings. Let's go over to the apple tree. Gosh, (laughs) okay. But unfortunately for these young fools, the neighborhood bully has other plans. Tonight, you are going to meet me out in front of the old Barnaker house. Howling house? Why? <laughs> now, a Boy Scout, a tag-along, a doormat, and a delinquent will dare to spend the night in the most haunted estate in Arkham. Will they survive to see the sunrise, or will they succumb to the hunger of Howling House? You're going to die tonight. What is that thing? Is this, is this the witch's library? I'm gonna kill you! Not tonight! Roger, make him stop! No! You watch! Run away, little ones! I'm so hungry! Listen to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's award-winning season, Night at Howling House. The complete story, available everywhere you listen to podcasts, 
and at CthulhuMystery.com. All the, all the outs and free, all the outs and free. <laughs> 